Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and so glad that you are taking time to listen. Whether you are listening to it live today, Sunday, or if you are listening from my website or the different various podcasts. So I really appreciate you just taking some time for you to really learn how to be the best version of you, the one that God has originally designed you to be. And so remember, we are doing like three months here of really having the best year ever and setting up this year to be the best year. And so remember, the best year does not mean a perfect year, and it doesn't mean a year without hardship or hurt or maybe disappointment. It means that you are becoming who you are supposed to be, and whatever this year brings you, that it becomes a good thing for you, that God causes all things to work together for good. And so we start, obviously, with this verse, the Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 27, that talks about building your house on the rock. And he says at the end of it, he says, these are foundational words, words to build a life on. And if you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on the solid rock. Rain poured, the river flooded, tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you use these words, just in Bible studies, and you don't work them out in your life, then you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. And when the storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. So what I want you to always take away from really focusing on this verse and this concept is that Jesus is the Word. The Word became flesh. So you're building your house on Christ. I don't want you to think that you have to somehow be a a tremendous Bible scholar when this verse is talking about foundational words, he's really talking about building your house on the rock, which is the word of God. And that translates to Jesus. Having that relationship, that personal relationship with Jesus, that he is able to speak into your life. He's able to guide you. He's able to remind you. He's able to honor you and to give favor as well. He's able to comfort you. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the best friend we could ever have. He knows everything about us, everything we're going to do, everything we have done. He knows everything we thought, what we're going to think, how we're going to feel. And in spite of all of that knowledge, he loves you, loves me, and it's unconditional. So always remind yourself that when you are loved unconditionally, that doesn't mean that there aren't consequences. So the nice thing about Jesus is that no matter what we've done, no matter what we are going to do, no matter how we find ourselves in any type of sin or mistake or problem or enduring issue that we can't seem to get a handle on, he loves us unconditionally. His love for us does not waver. And so that love helps us 
be able to manage and tolerate consequences that might come in our life because of bad decisions, that might come because of bad choices or not using wisdom or, or being immature or pleasure-seeking, whatever that might be, that love does not waver. And it always helps us get back up, try again, and learn from that so that our past doesn't dictate our future. So we talked a lot about these, you know, we were talking last time about things to stop doing to yourself. And so I want to give you a couple of couple more things to, to really stop doing. And that is something, think about this. I want you to stop trying to be someone you're not. That really is at the heart of be your own best version. And when God gave me that little phrase, when he said, you be your best version, the best version of you, not somebody else. Don't go borrowing from other people, trying to be who they are, or being someone that you think is ideal or you think you should be. You ask the creator, who am I? Who am I? And how do I be the best version of this created being that you have made? And when you think about God as an artist and you recognize that he sees you as a piece of artwork, that's why he can be pleased with you, even if you're not perfect, even if you're not doing it right all the time. He enjoys the process with you, and he hurts with you. He, he, he works things out with you. He sticks with you. He cares for you. So I want you to not be someone that you're not. What you will find is that the more you are you, the better you will like yourself and the better others will like you as well because you're the only you there is. Nobody can replicate you. Only you can bring to the planet you. And so that means your energy, your thoughts, your emotions, your talents, your abilities, your mistakes even. Nobody can do mistakes like you can do them. And so that's the idea about being unique. So don't try to be someone that you're not. So one of the greatest challenges in life is being yourself in, in this world that keeps trying to make us be like everyone else. You know, someone's always prettier, someone's always smarter, they're younger, they're richer, they're more popular, they're whatever it is. So don't change so that people will like you. You will find it to be a lot of extra work. Because when you are yourself, you will automatically attract the right people you will attract like people. So the more you like you, the more you will attract people like you. And the more that you will enjoy your relationships and enjoy yourself. And so that means that we're going to stop being scared of making mistakes, okay? Trust me, I don't like making mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've made public mistakes. I've made private mistakes. I can't stand making mistakes. But I also know that one of the most powerful ways to learn is by making mistakes. And we have a lot of famous, famous inventors that we are very thankful that they didn't quit. We have the telephone because of Graham Bell. We have airplanes because of the Wright brothers. We have, we have penicillin. We have lots of different antibiotics because those scientists did not quit. They kept trying. We went to the moon because they didn't quit. They kept trying. So don't be scared to make mistakes. Take a risk and recognize that if it didn't work, then that's something that's really good information for you. You can say, good, now I don't have to try that again because I figured out it doesn't work. I'll try something different. That's part of living. 
doing something and getting it wrong is at least 10 times more productive than doing nothing. Every success has a trail of, of failures behind it. Because every failure is leading towards some success. Because we're at least removing what doesn't work. So you're going to end up regretting the things you didn't do. Far more than regretting the things that you did do. So stop berating yourself for old mistakes. This is another one that's really, really important. See, the enemy of our soul loves to condemn us. And many times he gets it going so well that we do his work for him. And we condemn ourselves repeatedly. And we remind ourselves of our failures. And we beat ourselves up. And we become our own worst enemy. And remember, I'm telling you all the time, you're with yourself all the time. You're going to be you forever. You will never get away from you. So the sooner you make peace with you, the sooner you recognize going to heaven isn't going to change you into a, a different person. You're just going to be the original design. You'll be the perfect version of you, but you'll still be you. So making peace with you and being okay with you and recognizing that you can give grace and mercy and love to you. And it goes a long way because you are with yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you might as well learn to like you. You might as well learn to enjoy you. You might as well learn to respect you. You might as well learn to care for you. Because you're always going to be with you. And the most beautiful thing we have is that God is also with us. And that God wants to be with you forever. And when I got that concept, when God said, you know, because I, I was saying to God one day, you know, I, I just don't want to be Cynthia anymore. I want to like unzip myself and get out. And I was happy to think about maybe going to heaven because I don't know, somehow I must have thought I was going to be a different person. I don't know. And God very clearly said to me, yeah, you're going to be Cynthia forever. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be Cynthia forever. And he said, yes, and I want to be with Cynthia forever as well. And I thought, who wants to be with someone forever? God. That's how valued you are. Even in your most sinful state, he wants to be with you forever. Forever. And so stop being afraid of making mistakes. Stop berating yourself. Don't hold on to the past. See, you might, you might, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You might love the wrong person. Okay. You might, you might do something illegal. You might do something immoral. Maybe you'll do something unethical. Maybe you'll do something that you're super, super ashamed of. Well, join the club. That's humans. And God has already made provision for that. And he already knows every single mistake you're going to make. And he knows every single success you will have. And he has made provision for both your successes and your mistakes. He's already been there. He's already made the way for you. So don't be someone that is fear-based. Really be you and test it and see, wow, what is really natural to me? What is really normal for me? What, comes, what, what feels the most comfortable for me? And that's you learning to be comfortable in your own skin. So stop berating yourself for old mistakes. 
We all make them and we all struggle and we all have regrets. But you are not a mistake. And not only are you not a mistake, but you are not your mistakes. That's not who defines you. You're not your struggles. You're here now with the power to shape your day and your future with a God that wants to guide you every step of the way. So everything that is happening and has happened is preparing you for a life that God wants you to have and preparing you for those moments that are coming. So you really can be successful, but you can't learn without making mistakes. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about things to stop doing to yourself in 2019. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and we are really talking about things to stop doing to yourself in the year 2019 that is going to really help to make 2019 a really good year, even if there's pain and mistakes involved. And so we're talking about these things that we want to stop doing. And so we, we talked in the last segment, I really want you to make sure and, and listen to that if you're just tuning in, that we stop berating ourselves for old mistakes. We stop trying to, to never, we stop being afraid of making mistakes. And we stop really holding on to the past. We stop trying to be someone that we're not. And these are really important things for you to know and to be able to actually be the best version of you and to enjoy yourself in the way that God would like for you to, to really have peace with you. Really have peace and live at peace with yourself. And so we want to also stop trying to buy happiness. I mean, there's many things we desire. And maybe they're really expensive. Maybe they take a lot of time. Maybe they're not even attainable. But the truth is, the things that really satisfy us usually are totally free. For real. Things like love, laughter doing our passion, being seen, being connected to people, being understood by somebody, being comforted by somebody, being wanted, being loved. These things can't be bought. And so this is why I want you to think about this idea of buying happiness. It's not out there. See, all the things that maybe I want to add to my life will never really truly do their job if I'm depending on them too much to make me happy. If they are part of supporting my happiness, that's great. But I can't be depending on external things to make me happy because then I'm the victim to my circumstances. I'm a victim to the world. I'm a victim to my day. And I'm hoping that my day treats me well and gives me happiness. Instead of me being in charge of the day and making sure that I find happiness wherever I can. And so we don't look exclusively to others for our happiness either. I'm sure that you have people in your life, have been with people, or maybe you are one of those people that has a tendency to be dependent on other people for your own happiness. That if they like you, if they love you, if they want to be with you, then you can be happy. That you have a hard time being alone, have a hard time just sitting with yourself. 
And see, if you're not happy with who you are inside, you won't be happy in any kind of long-term relationship with anyone else either. If you're not happy with you, if you're not at peace with you, to, to some degree, none of us have ever, are ever going to arrive. Just remember that. But if you can't be happy, if you can't generate your own well-being, your own peace, your own happiness inside of you because you have made peace with you and you care for you, you love you, you, you are committed to you, then you're not going to be happy in the long run and you will end up picking the wrong people. And that's always what happens. We end up picking the wrong people because we are not in tune enough with ourself. And we are not committed enough to ourselves to pick someone that maybe other people might not understand why we picked them. They may not be perfect when we pick them. But if we're in tune enough with ourselves, we know when it, our insides match somebody else's insides. And when it's a good fit. And so it's very important for you to look first to you, to God, your creator, for your own happiness. That you are with you, like we said, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The happier you are with you, the more you're going to attract the right people. The happier other people will be with you. And if they're not happy with you, trust me, it's not going to hurt that bad. So I want you to also stop being idle. You know, and that means, and this is me talking to me, I'm telling you, don't think so much. You'll create a problem that wasn't even there in the first place. And I can have a tendency to overthink. I enjoy thinking. It's one of my most fun things to do is to be thinking. But I have to be careful how much I think and how much I think on things and what I think on. And so God gives us that wonderful verse that talks about taking captive every thought. And see, we need to evaluate situations and take decisive actions. We can't change what we refuse to confront. So making progress involves risk, period. So you can't make it to second base with your foot on first base. So we have to take risks. We don't want to just sit and wait until everything is perfect before we take that next step. We don't want to sit and just wait and wait and wait for that perfect moment, that perfect time, that perfect person, because it's not going to be there. So we want to be people that are risk takers and that are not ashamed to learn, which means, like we said earlier, making mistakes. So that helps us to not feel like we have to be completely 100% ready before we do anything. Because trust me, you're never going to be 100% ready. And the opportunity will pass you by because you're waiting to be perfectly ready because you don't want to make any mistakes. And that really is the biggest mistake, is being afraid to make them. So I don't want you to get involved in relationships for the wrong reason. And that's one of the ways that you defend against that, is that you're willing to take risks, you generate your own happiness, you make peace with yourself, you're working on the things that need to change, but you're not condemning yourself if they haven't changed yet, that you're your own best version. And that means that every day you're becoming closer to who God has originally called you to be, and you're making sure that you're asking the creator who you are. You're not your own creator. We're created beings. And so imagine, you know, I write music, 
And I, and I thought this, you know, this, this, one, this one day as I was playing some of this music, I thought how interesting, how frustrating it would be for me as the composer of the song if the notes refused to be played and if they decided they wanted a different pace to the song. What if the notes in the song decided they wanted to be a different key? See, I'm playing the notes. I picked the notes for a reason. I picked the time signature for a reason. I picked the key for a reason. I picked the tempo. So God knows you. And he doesn't want you in relationships for the wrong reasons. He wants us to choose wisely. And wisdom comes with honesty and truth about who we are to ourselves, especially that we're honest with us and that we don't rush. Relationships take time. People, people take time. They need time. And that's why it's so amazing that the God of the universe has so much time for us. And he locks us in time because we need time to work things out and to experience things, to express things, and to learn. So take advantage of time. And don't be frustrated with time. Recognize that God knows the amount of time you need. He created it. He's destined you for it. And so you can trust the one who made you. You can trust the one who died for you. And so stop rejecting new relationships simply because the old ones didn't work. Right? One of the ways we learn is by mistakes. And so thank God for the mistakes. Thank God that you don't have to then do it again. That you want to learn from those mistakes. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about things to stop doing to yourself that is going to steal from you the best year ever. Good afternoon. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm your host, Cynthia Hyatt, and I want to make sure if you're just tuning in that you visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can listen to all the shows on the website as well as on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio's website. They have all my shows on that website as well. And so you also can contact me through that website if you're thinking of some topic or issue or problem or whatever it is that you would like me to talk about. I love it when I see you all on social media. It's very helpful for me to know what is encouraging and motivating, inspiring to you. So we are talking about the best year ever, and we are spending the first 90 days of 2019 really talking about how to set ourselves up for the best year. And so we're thinking about things and talking about things to stop doing to ourselves. And so we talked about in that last segment, not, not rejecting new relationships because old ones didn't work. See, w- whenever you do that, you end up categorizing humans as if all of them are the same. You say, well, all men do this and all women do that. And anyone that's this profession or that profession is always acting like this. Or maybe you do it by your you know, astrological sign or something, or, or your race or your religion or whatever that might be, that you really want to say, you know what, I need to honor humans enough to give them a chance and not judge them beforehand, but to simply give them a chance. Now, this doesn't mean all or nothing. 
This means that you learn gray. Adults can do shades of gray. So I get to know people a little bit at a time. And if they're safe, I get to know them more. And I spend more time and share more things and invest more of myself. Because time is always the best indicator of who someone is. We always know who someone is based on time. So I don't want you to compete with everyone as well. I don't want you to try to rank and order everybody. We have a tendency to make value, a human value, a vertical issue. Like this person is more valuable than that person. This person is more talented, more beautiful, more charismatic, whatever, more educated, whatever it is. And so they're high up here on the continuum and I'm way down at the bottom. See, God does not see it that way. He sees the world as horizontal. Every human is of equal value to him. Every human was made for a reason. Everyone matters. So don't compete with other people. Compete only with yourself. Don't worry about what others are doing. You know, when I was uh, growing up, I was a swimmer. <coughs> Excuse me, and I loved, I loved swimming. And one of the things they always teach swimmers is you are never to look in the other lanes. If you do, you are destined to lose that entire race. And this is what God is saying. You don't look to the right or left and compare yourself to other people and compete with other people. You put your eyes on Jesus, on Christ. That's the goal. That's the author of our faith. That's who we are wanting to get our direction from. We're running the race, and we want to win it. And so this is really important. You can certainly look and, and see what other people are doing. And there are many times that other people can teach us lessons. Sometimes I learn from people what I want to do. Sometimes I learn from people what I don't want to do. But you can't compare yourself as if you are the same. It's comparing apples and oranges. So you compare yourself to you. You compete with yourself. So concentrate on beating your own records. Be a better version of yourself today than you were yesterday. See, success is a battle between you and yourself only. That's the race you're running, is you. And you're making sure that you don't get in the way of you. That you don't sabotage you. And that you don't defeat yourself. It isn't anybody else out there that's doing it. It's us. We're with ourselves all the time. So don't compete and compare yourself to everybody else. Simply look to Jesus. That's who we want to compete and compare ourselves to, right? We want to be like him. And then look at where you've come from, where you want to be, and what you need to do to get wherever it is that you're aspiring to. And forgive yourself if you do mess up, if you do lose. If you have a moment, <clears throat> if you have a week, if you have a year of, of lots of mistakes, it's important to forgive yourself as he's forgiven you. The sooner you forgive yourself, the better it is that you learn from it and you stop getting focused on it and you don't repeat it. So forgiveness is part of the learning process. So make sure that you don't compete with others. And that helps us to stop being jealous of other people. And we're going to talk more about that in the next segment. That jealousy is really one of the nastiest things that we can really participate in. 
This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk about what to stop doing to yourself in 2019, having your best year ever. Well, welcome back, and good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining me. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So I want to make sure that you can take advantage of the um, radio shows that we do on a weekly basis. You can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can also find on the website lots of different things. We have a blog, different inspirational, motivational things. I also have written a couple of books that you might find very helpful and very interesting. So we're talking about things to stop doing to ourselves. Things I want you to stop doing to yourself because they are so counterproductive and they really sabotage. And, and many times they can even almost be abusive and sometimes are. And so I like words and I like to look up the definition of words a lot of time. And so we are talking about stop, stop. What does stop mean? Well, when it's used like a verb, okay, it means to cease from, leave off, discontinue, discontinue, to cause to cease, put an end to it, to interrupt, to arrest, to check it, to cut off, intercept, withhold. But I like this a lot, to restrain, to hinder and prevent. See, these things are really powerful when you think about why God is saying, stop, stop doing these things. Stop rejecting relationships because you've been hurt. Stop comparing yourself and competing with other people. Stop getting involved in the wrong relationships, feeling guilty because you, you need to leave the relationship. Don't be idle. Stop looking to others for your happiness. Stop complaining and feeling sorry for yourself. Man, that's a hard one to do. Complaining is so easy. It comes so natural to us as humans. Lamenting, complaining, commiserating. You know, and, and unfortunately, it feels like a very intimate thing to do when you're complaining with people. It makes you temporarily feel very close to them. The only problem is when you think about them and the next time you see them, it's all about negativity. And so we want to really be careful about complaining. And complaining does not mean that we're Pollyanna and pretend like nothing is wrong. Complaining means that instead of doing something about it, we just talk about it. And the more we talk about it, the stronger it becomes and the more apt we are to repeat it. And it gets in the way of actually being known. So the, the need for relationship is human. There's nothing we can do about it. We are just naturally relational beings. All mammals are. And so the complaining is kind of like a shortcut to intimacy, but it doesn't last. It's kind of like the cotton candy of intimacy. So it feels like you're really close, but you don't really know each other. You just know what each other hates, right? So you don't really know the real person. And it's also kind of, I got to tell you the truth, the laziest way other than gossip to relate to somebody. So when you do that, when you complain and feel sorry for yourself, 
you also have a tendency to not be able to see anything good that's happening. And remember, words create things. The more I speak a word, the more I talk about it, the more I lament about it, the more I focus on it, the more I create it. So it does not mean that we don't bear our hearts, that we, are, that we comfort one another with the comfort that we have received. Of course we do that. But being lazy, being idle, just complaining, it's not going to give you the needs that you have. It's not going to meet those needs. And so we also talked about not being jealous of others. See, jealousy is the art of counting someone else's blessings instead of your own. I love that saying. Jealousy is the art of counting someone else's blessings instead of your own. So what I want you to ask yourself is this. What's something that I have that people want? And we all have something. And if you think you don't have something, you need to go back to your creator and have a deep discussion with him. Because he doesn't make any person or thing junk. He's an artist. He's a brilliant, creative artist. So if you can't see, then you need to ask the one that made you. And he is very happy to tell you if, if you're willing to receive it. So what comes with jealousy and complaining is holding grudges. That's that lack of forgiveness. And it also has this tempting feeling of protection. If I hold a grudge against someone, it makes me feel like I possibly am not going to get hurt again by them. If I hold a grudge against them, I somehow feel like I'm protecting myself. When actually, it's living a life with hate in your heart, and you end up hurting yourself more than the people you hate. See, forgiveness is not saying, what you did to me is okay. Forgiveness is saying, I'm not going to let what you did ruin my happiness forever. Forgiveness is the answer. It's letting go. It's finding peace. It's very liberating. And forgiveness is a commandment. Who are we to think that we can be so forgiven by a perfect God and we can somehow withhold forgiveness? Now, always remind yourself, forgiveness doesn't make it okay. If it was okay, we wouldn't have to forgive it. Forgiveness is a lifestyle. Forgiveness is a quality that is very, very, it's a very wonderful quality. It's a very beautiful quality. If you know people that are forgiving, you know what it's like to be in their life. It's a comforting place. So forgiveness is a beautiful thing. And forgiveness does not make us weaker. It makes us stronger. Because when I forgive someone, truly, I gain wisdom, which means that I'm wiser in the future as to understanding other people and understanding myself so that I will get hurt less often. Forgiveness helps me stay flexible. See, when you hold grudges, when you hate people, that is an inflexibility. And the in, more inflexible you are, the harder the world is on you because you will then break. Instead of being flexible and flexing with the problems of the world that come your way or the problems that you, even you may create and learning from them and becoming stronger because of it, it'll break you. So you also need to forgive yourself. And sometimes, and I know for myself, I'll be honest with you, that's the hardest one to forgive. 
I'm a pretty forgiving person, actually. I naturally am forgiving, which I'm thankful for, but not naturally forgiving of myself. It's really tough for me to forgive myself. I kind of have a tendency, if I'm not careful, to have a list and that go over it of all those things and go back to it and revisit it. And like, I did that and I shouldn't have done that. And why did I say this? And oh my gosh, if I could have done this, I would have done that. And the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then syndrome. And see, God is saying, I forgave you. Who are you to not forgive you? Who are you? You're a mortal person. Who are you to think that if I forgave you, you don't need forgiveness or that you're not forgivable? Or that whatever it is that you've done is not forgivable. And see, that's an affront to God. Because of what he did to allow forgiveness. When you think about the life of Christ, that's the whole point, was the forgiveness of sin. We have John 3.16 that says, so For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish and have everlasting life. And that's forgiveness. That's the depth of his forgiveness, is that he died so that you didn't have to die for your own sins. He paid the price. And so who are you to not forgive you? Doesn't mean it's okay. My gosh, if it's, if it's, not, if it's okay, I don't need to forgive it. So remind yourself the power of forgiveness. And, the, and, and forgiveness not, does not say it's okay to do it again. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is the learning piece that says, I understand now why God would say no to this, because it hurts me. He doesn't withhold good things from you or I. He doesn't say no just to say no. He's very, very powerful. He doesn't have to assert his power all the time. He doesn't have to be some big tyrant, and he's not. The only time he says no to me is because it'll hurt me. He wants good things for me. And that's the trust that we can have. So we want to stop wasting our time explaining ourselves to others. See, this is what's so important, that you are okay with you. And that you don't waste a whole bunch of time trying to explain over and over again who you are, why you did what you did, how you did it, how you didn't do it, right? That you accept you. And acceptance does not always mean agreement. I tell this to clients every day. Think of how accepting God is. He accepts all of this. He accepts the entire world, the universe, all that's in it. He accepts it all. I don't think he agrees with very much of it at all. He doesn't agree, but he accepts it because he knows in order to be in relationship, he has to practice acceptance. So he accepts you 100% everything about you he accepts. It does not mean that everything about you is acceptable, right? But he accepts us. So we need to accept ourselves. That helps us not feel like we have to constantly defend and explain ourselves. And so we want to then give ourselves an opportunity to stop overlooking the beauty of small moments. You would be amazed at how many beautiful things are happening on the planet. How many beautiful things may be happening in your own life that you're just not even noticing, that you're taking for granted. Like what we have here in Phoenix. We have amazing weather and what's happening on the East Coast. 
the east, the majority of the, the United States right now is freezing cold. And we have beautiful weather that we didn't even earn or create or ask for. So there are many beautiful things that we want to be thankful for. And if you want to listen to one of the shows on gratitude, I think you'll really appreciate why gratitude is so powerful psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, physically. So don't overlook the beauty of small moments, like a nice interaction with a stranger. And so stop trying to follow the path of least, least resistance. I don't want you to be lazy. I don't want you to be overly hard on yourself. But I want you to push yourself. I want you to really try. I want you to get out there and get on with it. And have a life that you can talk about because you've taken risks. And you're not just trying to always take the easy way. That you're really doing what you need to do to achieve something wonderful and worthwhile. To really live out the calling that God has for you. And so these things, I think, if we practice these, and we're never, gonna, you know, we're never going to arrive, but we practice these, you will be amazed at how differently your life feels to you, how differently people are going to experience you, and how much more meaningful your life will be. And so stop worrying so much. Stop focusing on what doesn't happen or what didn't happen. And stop being ungrateful. Be thankful for you. God is very thankful for you. He's glad he made you. So make sure that you listen to these again, because these are important to really create disciplines in our life. The more effort you put into these, the easier your life is going to be. Not perfect, but much softer, kinder, gentler version. So I'm glad you joined me today, and I want to make sure that you listen next week, because we are going to be talking about toxic thoughts. Because boy, oh boy, will that ruin a good day. So join me next week when we talk about toxic thinking and toxicity. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and social media. Appreciate you being a presence there. Have a great week. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.